Be encouraged. Welcome to a podcast centered around being encouraged, being an encouragement to someone, and being encouraged, replacing fear with unwavering trust. I hope you are encouraged today by a message from Michelle Reynolds. No matter what phase you are in in life, you can be encouraged in Christ. Hey, everybody. So this is my first time trying to record for our Sunday school class. I pray that you know, it, it helps you since we're not meeting on Sundays or uh, Saturdays or Wednesdays as of right now. But um, again, let's go ahead and try to try to make the most of it, make the best of it. So I'll go ahead and open us up in prayer. OK, Father God, thank you so much for blessing us with the gift of life, Lord. Thank you that even when it seems like our circumstance are difficult or we're facing adversity, Father God, you are still faithful. You are the same God that you were in good times, that you were in times that are difficult. Father God, I pray that you would help us to see you in the midst of everything that we encounter. Lord, I pray that as we get ready to go into this lesson, that you would just help me to speak the words that you would have me to say, Father God. Help me to remove my inadequate flesh, Lord, and be obedient to the leading of the Holy Spirit, Father God. I pray that every person that listens to this message will hear exactly what it is that you have for them to hear, Father God, and not hear me, but they would allow the Holy Spirit to work in their lives, Father God, individually. Lord, I pray that you, again, you would just see past my inadequate abilities, Father God, and be glorified through this message. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Okay, so um, we're going to open our Bibles up to Romans chapter 3, verse 20 through 28. And just to give some context, at the time that Paul is writing this letter, there are two sets of Jews. There are the Gentile Christians who were very non-Jewish in custom, and then there was the Jewish Christians who followed the law to the T. You know, so these Jewish Christians at the time felt like they were better than the Jewish Gentiles because they ate kosher. They were circumcised. Um, they had the, the law with them. And these, again, other Jewish Gentiles were very non-traditional, I guess we could say. So Paul is writing this letter to the divided churches with the purpose of sharing God's good news to unify these churches. So Paul's ultimate goal was to get the Jew and the Gentile to see that we all need Christ alike. So that good news is found in Romans chapter one, verses 17 through 18. And these verses reveal the righteousness of God while also showing the wrath of God that we all deserve for our sin. So it says, um, and again, Romans Chapter 1, verses 17 and 18. This good news tells us how God makes us right in his sight. This is accomplished from start to finish by faith. As the scripture says, saying, it is through faith that a righteous person has life. But God shows his anger from heaven against all sinful, wicked people who suppress the truth by their wickedness. So here, uh, Paul is just reiterating what he talks about throughout Romans chapter one, all the way through Romans chapter three, verse 20. 
when he's explaining that we all are sinners and are held accountable to God for our sins, which is a big problem for humanity, for people, Jewish people and Gentiles alike. But in our focus verses, Paul switches our attention to the God-given solution for this universal problem. So um, we'll go ahead and start reading. And I'll read verse 20. So we're back in Romans 3, verse 20. And it says, For no one can ever be made right with God by doing what the law commands. The law simply shows how sinful we are. So in verse 20, the phrase, by doing what the law commands is referring to obeying the laws of Moses. Um, Paul was making it crystal clear that even the Jews who followed the law of Moses and Gentiles alike need a way to be made right in relationship with God, because we all, we all sin, you know, none of us are capable of meeting the requirements of the law. And it, it also just shows us that no good deed, no good moral character, or no good conduct will make a person acceptable before God. Attempting to use obedience to the law to maneuver into that fellowship with God identifies our own failure to understand how fallen we are as a as humans in nature. You know, how how even on our good days, we can't be good enough to be made right with God. You know, there's nothing that we could do to to bridge that gap between our sinful nature and the righteousness of God. Um, it, it's simply foolish to think that we can. So Paul was making that very clear in verse 20. Um, okay, let's go ahead on and read verses 21 through 26. And it says, but now God has shown us a way to be made right with him without keeping the requirements of the law as was promised in the writings of Moses and the prophets long ago. We are made right with God by placing our faith in Jesus Christ as this is true for everyone who believes no matter who we are. For everyone has sinned. We all fall short of God's glorious standard. Yet God, with undeserved kindness, declares that we are righteous. He did this through Christ Jesus when he freed us from the penalty of our sins. For God presented Jesus as a sacrifice for sin. People are made right with God when they believe that Jesus sacrificed his life shedding his blood. This sacrifice shows that God was being fair when he healed back. I'm sorry. When he held back and did not punish those who sinned in times past for, he was looking ahead and including them in what he would do in this present time. God did this to demonstrate his righteousness for he himself is fair and just and he declares sinners to be right in his sight when they believe in Jesus. So we're going to go back um, to verse 21. The statement, but now 
is referring to when Christ was nailed on the cross. So at that moment, when the Roman soldiers was ne- were nailing Christ to the cross, at that moment, God fulfilled Old Testament. God was making us in right relationship with him. So let me explain. Our sin separates us from God. Our sin keeps us from the presence of God and our sin prevents us from reaching the place God created us to experience. We all miss the mark and fail in obeying the law's requirement. God bore or God took on the full cost of forgiving us by having Jesus die on Calvary. So in Old Testament times, when the people would sin, they would sacrifice. There were several different sacrifices that needed to be done in order to put them in right relationship with God. Well, here we're learning that God is still the same. He's still righteous. We still have to be in right relationship with him because he can't interact with our sin because of who he is, because of his nature, because of his righteousness. So that that sacrifice of Jesus Christ and his shedding of the blood on the cross puts us in right relationship with God. Now, this is the this is kind of one of the things that I, I feel like um I lack in the face-to-face interaction and versus doing a recording is I need to look at your faces and and know that you understand what I'm saying. You know, I wish that I could hear you say that you understand what that means, what I just said, you know, or what I said makes sense. But anyway, since we can only do what we can do, I'm moving on. Um, God puts people in right relationship with himself without keeping the requirements of the law. The law serves the purpose that it always had. And that is to show us that every one of us needs a savior, a savior. We all need someone or we all needed God to, to come up with a solution for us because we couldn't do that on our own. You know, so the law helps us to see that we don't make the mark. You know, it gives us a, a way of take, it's a test. It, like, well, I guess I could say it's kind of like taking a test. You go to class, you study the information, you retain the information and you try your best on it. Yet you don't make a hundred on the paper or you see the areas that you need to do a better job in, in, in understanding. I guess that's the best way I can explain it. You know, so the law is a way for us to see where we are and to to basically do a heart check on just how flawed and sinful we are, um, if that makes sense, I guess. The Old Testament looked forward to God's righteousness, righteousness in his son. What God now accomplishes for us through Christ, he does apart from the covenant structure set up by the law of Moses, um, I'm not going to read to you Hebrews chapter eight, verse 13, where um, that comes from. Well, let me get to it. Okay. Hebrews chapter eight, verse eight, 13. Sorry. When God speaks of a new covenant, it means he has made the first one obsolete. It is now out of date and will soon disappear. So, the ways in the Old Testament that people had to sacrifice and 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 do these certain acts 
to be in right relationship with God. God made obsolete through the work of Jesus Christ on the cross. So God declared us righteous or provided justification by faith in Christ. So justification is the understanding of that restored fellowship with God because the sin no longer exists. So there's a difference between a pardon and justification. A pardon is okay, you don't have to deal with the consequences or you're you're um you're forgiven, I guess, or people have understanding, but with justification, the sin is no longer remembered. It is not how God recognizes you or identify you. Um, it means that you get a new status. You, you're right. You're right with God and you're forgiven. Not only do you get a new status, but you become a part of a new family. You're included in God's people. And then you also get a new future because you get a new, a transformed life. And all of this is given to us with no strings attached. You know, um, this means that when we are a believer and we put our trust in Jesus Christ as our savior, God requires nothing further. He is absolutely satisfied with the perfect sacrifice given to us by believing, you know, we, we, even in our sinful nature, even though we don't deserve it, we are given, we are given this, um, I, I don't know how, I don't know the word to, to sum this up, but we are given this ability to be in relationship with God, even though we are still sinful and we don't deserve it. But because God is righteous, he, he chooses to show us this undeserved kindness. Um, I'll read verses 27 through 28. Okay, let me flip to it. Can we boast then that we have done anything to be accepted by God? No, because our acquittal is not based on obeying the law. It is based on faith. So we are made right with God through faith and not by obeying the law. We cannot boast because all human achievement and salvation is excluded. We did absolutely nothing in order to receive the salvation that God has given us. So basically the entire point of everything that I just said is that Jesus made it possible for us to be made righteous before God. There is nothing that we could do to please God. You know, there's nothing that we can say that would, make God love us more or less than he already does right now. So as you leave from this message, I want you to think about what areas in your life are you doing or what things are you doing in your life that you feel are pleasing to God. And I want you to be honest with yourself and be aware and know that it's one thing to obey God and to serve God because of your love for him. But it's another thing to, to obey God and to serve God out of obligation to feel like you're having to please God in order to go to heaven. When you accepted Christ, 
when you when you confess and you believe that Christ is your savior, he sees you. He sees us through the blood of Jesus Christ, the perfect sacrifice. So there is no amount of good deeds or no amount of work that you can do in order to please God. There is nothing that we can say that can please him other than confessing our faith in, in Jesus Christ. You know, now don't get me wrong. We grow in our understanding of Christ through service. We grow through our understanding of him by doing his will and, and understanding his word. But that does not secure our salvation is the point that I'm trying to make. Um, y'all, I pray that you got something from this lesson. I'm going to go ahead and close us in prayer and hope for the best. Uh, so father God, thank you so much for this message that you laid on my heart. Father God, I pray that your word was clearly spoken. I pray that someone, even if it's just one father God grows closer in their relationship with you as a result, um, of my obedience to, to just simply recording what I, what it is that I feel like you've laid on my heart. Father God, I pray that Everything said on this message was pleasing to you, Father God, and and honoring you. Um, I pray that you would just be manifested among your people as a result, Father God. Lord, I pray that every ear will hear and every heart will listen, Father God. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Thanks for listening. We hope this message encourages you today. Please share and come back next week for another episode of Be Encouraged.